Good morning, Great Oaks. How are you? So good to have you all here again with us today. You picked a great day to come to Great Oaks Community Church. Do you want to know why? Thank you, Carl. <laughs> Sometimes it feels like we just hear all the time about everything that goes wrong in this world, doesn't it? Today you get to hear what, good, what is going right in this world. And I think that will be refreshing for all of us to hear how God is at work through some of our Kingdom Builder partners and to hear their passion for what they do. They are truly being the hands and the feet of Jesus Christ as they are proclaiming his message of truth. They are showing his love. And, and I hope today you leave here greatly encouraged by seeing how your giving helps support what they do. And then also later today we're going to find out about Maybe some, some uh, tangible ways that you can be involved as far as volunteering in their ministries also. Before we get started, I'd like to read some verses to you. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse t uh, 14, it says this. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, then where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts yet one body. Sometimes we read these verses and we just naturally think that this is describing maybe the local church and different individuals in the church. But I think we can certainly apply the application of these verses to include other agencies, Christian organizations that are indeed part of the body as they show the love of Christ to our community and as they proclaim his truth to our community. So I'm excited to hear how God is working through them. The, the leadership of Great Oaks Community Church, we take very serious our responsibility that God has given to us to help Great Oaks take the message and the love of Jesus outside these walls. Sometimes it's so easy for us to get focused on us, right? People that people we go to church with, maybe next door neighbors, uh, people that look like us and talk like us. But our Kingdom Builders ministry goes way beyond that. Some of them are local. Some of them are in South America. Some of them are like in Africa. And 17 different Kingdom Builder partners actually we have. And we have three of them, three of them up here on stage today. So I'm going to have them get started. And you know what, uh, Jenny, let's start with you. Like, just take a minute, introduce yourself. Tell us about the ministry you're representing. I'm Jenny Wallace, and I am on staff with Peoria Area Youth for Christ. I am the Metamore Area Middle School Director, and I work with Chris Genders and Caitlin Moore um, to reach teenagers age 11 through 19 with the love of Jesus. And we do that, um, our little phrase is authentic Christ-sharing relationships. We meet students where they are, usually students who wouldn't go to church, and we welcome them, give them a place where they're loved and cared for. We share our story, we hear their story, and we weave God's story in the middle of it with the goal to eventually get them plugged into a local church. Very good. We'll find out a little bit more about, about what that looks like as we go along. 
Tara. I'm Tara Ingham. I'm the executive director of Midwest Food Bank out of the Bloomington Normal location. We do have two other locations here in central Illinois, so Peoria and Morton as well. Midwest Food Bank has 12 locations total, 10 throughout the United States and two internationally in Haiti and in Kenya. Uh, quite simply put, we gather food and we give it away free of charge and no discrimination. Our mission statement is all about sharing the love of Christ with those who are hungry, whether it be through hunger, malnourishment, or by providing disaster relief. Uh, so again, all without charge and all without discrimination. At our uh, locations here in Illinois, we're serving over 700 food pantries each and every month with the food that they need uh, to provide to their, their clients in need. That's our number one main uh, effort. We have three other programs. One is disaster relief. Uh, so we're serving Hurricane Ida victims still to this day. Uh, they're still without power in many regions, for example. Our third program is our Hope Packs program, feeding kids in need over the weekend so that they have food to take home. Uh, from their school programs. And then fourth and, and not uh, least by any means is our Tender Mercies program. If you've ever been to one of our locations before and have scooped the rice and the bean and the textured vegetable protein meal before, it's a low cost uh, alternative to feeding folks at a high protein level and high nutrition. So those four programs uh, all together, you know, happening from our locations and just three of them here in Illinois. Very good. Thank you for being here. Kristen. I am Kristen Springer. I'm here with Metamora Area Weekend Snack Pack. We partner with the local schools to provide um, a sack of food to go home with students on the weekends who maybe don't have enough food at home or parents are having a difficult time making ends meet. Um, we do that through the schools. It's completely confidential on our end. They just provide us with a number. Um, our goal when we started was to care for all of the Metamora area and that goal has been met. We care for Metamora Township High School, Metamora Grade School, St. Mary's, um, Riverview, Germantown, Black Partridge Day School, and we also partner with the um, Youth Center in Metamora to provide food through them too. So our sacks include usually about eight items, um, a mixture of breakfast, lunch items, and snack items that certainly isn't everything they need over the weekend, but gives them more than they, than they maybe have at home. Very good, thank you very much. So we have another guest here this morning who doesn't actually lead one of our Kingdom Builder Ministries, but he does lead an organization that is a recipient of one of our Kingdom Builder Ministries, which is Metamora School District. Uh, so we're privileged to have Dr. Lee with us. He's a superintendent. Thank you. Yes. Good morning, everyone. My name is Ben Lee. I'm the superintendent at Metamora Grade School. And uh, previously, I had served about nine years as a building uh, principal in the Bloomington Normal area. And this is my first superintendency. So we moved the family over to um, Metamora here this past spring. And we're excited to be on board. And, and I'm uh, honored to be invited to be part of the panel to talk about the impact of the snack packs this morning. Thank you very much for joining us. And I'm looking out there. And I'm trying to find some uh, Metamora grade school kids. And uh, hopefully, hopefully Dr. Lee doesn't know your name already. <laughs> but if you aren't behaving during the service, he probably will. So kids be on good behavior out there. Um, all right, so I'm going to ask you several questions throughout our time here for over the next few minutes. And so I'll have you all answer these questions as we go along. Um, Jenny, let's start with you. Um, tell us what your major victory has been so far, like over the past year to year and a half, what is the major victory that you've experienced as you've been leading a YFC ministry down there? Well, um, as a ministry that gathers people together in person, 
COVID really threw a wrench in that. And pre-COVID, our ministry was based on one large group event each week. Well, we couldn't do that. We also went into schools. We couldn't do that. So we shifted to a small group model um, where we put students in groups with leaders that met COVID guidelines of 10 or fewer people, and our ministry grew. And so we added more students because they craved that um, one-on-one interaction with people that love them. Our leaders, we we gained more volunteers. And so um, God really blessed us, and we're reaching more students than we have in the past. During a time when when a human mind thinks of a situation where it thinks it's going to fall apart, God says, nope, I've got bigger, I've got bigger, better plans. And Absolutely. the ministry grows, and you actually grow in your volunteer. Absolutely. We just took a little creativity, but God is a very creative God. And so um, with technology and just a little tweaking of our um, programming, we're growing. Praise the Lord. That was fantastic. Thank you. I think you're going to continue to hear a theme of COVID up here being a big challenge for most uh, most nonprofits throughout this past year or so. Uh, for us at Midwest Food Bank, definitely uh, COVID. Uh, mainly food uh, availability and volunteer availability. So I'll speak to the food piece first. Obviously, it's been a roller coaster ride since COVID began. Um, Initially, when it first started, we all experienced the shortage of toilet paper and other products at your local grocery stores. There was this hoarding mentality that happened, and in an instant, uh, the supply cycle was interrupted. And we've had very difficult times at, at times finding food. Um, so to see this roller coaster ride go up and down, I spoke in the first service about how um, at the very beginning of COVID, restaurants started shutting down. Well, suddenly when we didn't have enough food on hand, we all of a sudden had a, a major increase because these big restaurant providing companies, these food vendors uh, that make food for the large chains, all of a sudden had excess on their hands. These chain restaurants order a year to two years in advance as part of their contract. And all of a sudden, there's no place for that food to go. So we became an instant recipient of those items. Unfortunately, a lot of it was in bulk. We can't give a a single family a 50-pound package of lettuce. It just doesn't work well for them. Uh, So getting creative with the food sources has been, uh, you know, a challenge, uh, but an absolute miracle to see that food suddenly become available through other sources. At our Bloomington Normal location, and and I speak a lot on that because that's the location that I work at, uh, but we typically have five, maybe six weeks worth of food on hand at any given time. That's to serve all of the food pantries that we serve at that location and all of the nonprofits that we serve. During COVID, there were points that we were down to a week's worth of food. That's a scary position to be in, knowing that people are relying on that. And, and just like in a normal household, your, your cupboards or your fridge ends up uh, becoming empty, uh, it starts to stress you out quite a bit. And it plays a, a lot of uh, emotional toll and, and mental toll on the staff and on the volunteers. We want to be able to provide for people. But God has been faithful to continue to bring unique sources of food into the food bank. Uh, farmers that suddenly had no place to turn with their crops, for example, uh, they had a place to turn. We were happy to take that off of their hands and redistribute it to people who need it. So amazing to see that happening. And then one more piece is on the volunteer part of it. Uh, We in the Bloomington Normal location, for example, have about 10,000 unique individual volunteers coming through the doors every year to help make the work happen. It's a lot of people. 
during COVID, unfortunately, that shrunk to about half of that. Of course, a lot of our volunteers that come on a very regular basis are retirees and they weren't feeling comfortable coming out during the height of COVID. We get it. That completely makes sense. Uh, but suddenly that left us very short-handed to make the work happen. One of the really cool stories I can see coming out of it, though, is that God provided the right people who were able to give more hours. So in a normal year when I would have about 10,000 volunteers a year doing the work and about 75, 80,000 hours worth of service in a calendar year, 5,000 people during COVID did the same amount of hours. Amazing to see those That's kind fantastic. of miraculous stories. 10,000 volunteers out of one, one location. That is fantastic. Sometimes we think, man, no one's pitching in. No one's doing anything. No one's helping. 10,000 out of just the Bloomington site, which is fantastic. I can't imagine managing 10,000 volunteers. So That's another challenge wow, that's in awesome. itself. <laughs> well, something else you mentioned, too, was how during COVID, it actually increased your, your, your food intake for lack of a better word. It really did just getting creative on new sources and finding new sources. Um, you know, one of the, the unusual programs we ended up running last year, uh, our local hog farmers had no place to turn with their hogs. I'm not sure if anybody heard about that in the local media, but suddenly those big processing plants were shutting down because COVID had affected their workforce. Our local processors were still plugging along, still trying to get meat processed, and our farmers suddenly ran into a position where they had no place to turn with those hogs. Hogs grow very quickly, and they need to be progressed from farm to farm or from stage to stage before the new ones come in. We were able to partner with local processing plants to get that processed and to offer our local farmers money for their hogs if they needed that to make ends meet. Some of them were able to donate to take a, a tax writable, you know, tax deductible a donation for those. But we were able to partner with the local community to get creative to make a source where our farmers could still stay in business and keep their families fed. Our producers could still stay in business and keep their families fed. And meat was still being provided on the tables of those who needed it. Well, wow, that is fantastic. The world thinks, wow, the sky is falling. But you see what God does, right? He's got a plan. And he's constantly working out his plan and doing great things in the middle of it, actually increasing things. So that was fantastic. Thank you very much. Kristen. Tell us about a victory um, snack pack. So I would say the biggest victory for us uh, through the COVID time in March of 2020 when COVID hit, of course, kids were not in school. We couldn't meet to pack sacks. Um, we really had no effective way of getting this food to the students. And so our own brainstorming and trying to come up with a plan and um, Michael's Italian Feast is a huge supporter of Weekend Snack Pack. They've always been very generous to the community. And they came up with a plan to provide certificates to these families for a free family feast. And we came alongside them, partnered with them. We were able to give them funding that we would typically have used to put into the sacks that we hand out. And not only could we provide a meal um, for these families, but also allowed Michaels to be able to maintain some of their employees that otherwise through COVID they may have had to let go. And so it really became a blessing all around and just shows again what an amazing community we live in. Well, another example of generosity being displayed in a, during a, a, a difficult time in our community. So praise the Lord. Dr. Lee, uh, I have a more specific question for you, Dr. Lee. Um, what impact have you seen Snack Pack Making the lives of the of the students and the community down at uh, the 
at the Metamora grade school. Sure, yeah, you talk about impact. What is this COVID thing that you guys keep talking about? <laughs> I, I'm just joking. Actually, we, we think about impact, and I can tell you from the leader of the organization, uh, we, there's, there's a couple that come to mind in terms of the Snack Pack program and how it impacts the students and the families and the organization, and that is, first and foremost, the food, the food to bridge the gap between Friday and Monday. And financially, things are getting more expensive. And when you have especially multiple children, sometimes that can be a challenge. And simply, um, you know, reaching the students through their stomachs, okay? So there's a lot of obstacles to learning, and food is one of them. So I always tell the teachers to reach the students' minds through their hearts and making personal connections and building positive relationships. But another crucial, significant uh, need is the actual reaching, reaching students through their, through their hunger too. And of course, Jenny, you know this, for reach, uh, reaching middle school kids, you just feed them. Uh, so, th and the same thing goes with the school. So first and foremost, the, the food and the security piece right there. Secondly, another impact is more sustainable and that's to see that, wow, there's an army of people that are really working for the students. So everyone drives past this church building and they see this facility, but we know it's more than that. It's not the building, it's the people and the impact that the people have. The same thing as anybody driven past the school, Metamora grade school, is on the east side of Metamora, you'll see a, a physical structure in a building, but in reality, we're in the people business. It's all about the people, and there's so much more that goes on at that school and behind the scenes just to get the school operational, and not just behind the scenes, but in between the weekends at home. And this is a great example um, that Kristen and her team have been spearheading with the snack packs because the student might not remember the grade that they got in a particular grade level, but they are certainly going to still remember the resources that they were provided um, and the people that provided them. So um, those are the two main impacts that, that I have witnessed in my short time here in Metamora. Very good. Thank you so much. It seems like a you know, God works a lot through a crisis, right? And uh, we've seen how his goodness and about how his love and faithfulness has come through um, in these different ministries, these different situations. Um, in the middle of a crisis, he seems to just display even more of his goodness and love and mercy than we would be able to experience otherwise. So it's really neat to hear your stories. Uh, Jenny, I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball, but it's not too big of a curveball. What, uh, tell us the day-to-day -day ongoings, operations of like YFC as far as what they offer to students down there at, at the school. What, what can the students be involved in? Um, we have several different things. Um, we have small groups that meet throughout the week, and these tend to be a little more um, either topic-focused. Uh, Caitlin is currently leading a short-term class, uh, four or five weeks, called Faith in an Anxious World, um, and we have students coming that are dealing with anxiety, depression, and she's walking them through how God and Jesus stepped into people's anxious moments in the Bible and how he can help them through that. Um, so that's a short-term class. 
Um, we have small groups that meet consistently every week, every other week um, throughout the school year. Uh, these tend to be a little more um, students of like-minded. They might be a group of athletes, a group of um, maybe they all are in band together, matched up with a leader that that fits those kids and, and relates to them, and they study various topics throughout the week. Um, I'm leading a middle school group. We're watching the TV show The Chosen. We watch an episode, and then we say, is that what really happened in the Bible? And then how can we apply what Jesus is teaching us? We also have large group. We're going back to that once or twice a month. We, gr we bring all the groups together, which can be an interesting um, dynamic sometimes, but then it's kind of your typical youth group. Games, free time, a devotional, we break up, um, talk about the topic. And then for the high schoolers, after school every day, we have the teen center open and they can come and hang out with um, leaders that get to know them, get to know their stories. And some kids come because we have free food. Some kids come because the girl they like goes there. And one um, student told us he comes every day because he doesn't want to go home. And we offer him a place that he can go to and delay going home for two more hours. Very good. So you have basically three main events, it sounds like. You have club, and you have a Bible study, and then you also have the youth center. Those are the three main avenues that you're, that you're using to show yeah. the kids the love of Jesus? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And occasional fun things. We'll go to the Ninja Warrior Gym in Bloomington, or uh, we're taking a fall trip in a couple weeks down to some different activities in St. Louis. Um, and then summer camp. We get to go to summer camp next summer, too. Um, YFC has a big camp. So Very good. Do you have any current hurdles that you're working your way through right now? Yes. Um, earlier I spoke of the victory of more students, and with that comes the challenge that those students bring. Um, they've all been through as we all have the last year and a half, some significant trauma. And I don't know if you know this, but teenagers under stress do not always make good decisions. And so um, we're walking with some students who are not making great decisions. Um, we're supporting some homeless teenagers and helping them navigate that road. Um, and just, yeah, kids are having a tough time and they are craving an adult who will be real with them and give them attention because they're seeking attention in any way they can get it. And that's not always positive, but we're giving them positive, loving attention and helping them navigate through this time because many of them have parents who are having trouble navigating. So we're a second family for them um, and just helping them get through with the hope of God. I, My heart's encouraged to know that you and... Uh, Caitlin and Chris and, of course, many others who are serving at YFC are really ministering to students at a tough time, right? I mean, just being in high school and junior high is tough. Uh, but you throw in the anxiety of our culture right now, but it's so, it's so uh, just encouraging to me to know there's people like yourself out there loving on these kids and, and uh, again, going outside the walls of Great Oaks Community Church uh, beyond what we even do here out there to to just walk alongside them. So thank you so much. Tara, tell us a little bit more about what Midwest Food Bank does as far as how they operate, where do they, where do they send their food and that kind of thing? 
Yeah, great question. So I mentioned we have 10 locations in the United States, three are here in Illinois, and then two internationally. Um, our food, you know, between the four different programs, serving pantries, number one, and first and foremost, is such a, a priority for us. Um, from our Bloomington Normal location, we have over 500 food pantries that we're serving every single month. And, and across all three of our locations here in Illinois, it's over 700 food pantries uh, right here in Illinois that are getting food. We have a few remote distributions. We'll take some food out to some other states. Uh, for example, I have a remote distribution in West Virginia right now, an area that is incredibly impoverished and does not have access to a another food bank. Um, so we'll truck food to places like that that are really desperately in need of food. In addition to that, across the country, uh, across all of our, our U.S. divisions, we're serving over 2,000 food pantries each and every month with the consistent access to food that they need. So dry food, perishable food, you name it, uh, whatever we can get our hands on, we're happy to supply. Our second program with disaster relief this past uh, season since September 1st has been horrendous. Some years are just worse than others, and uh, Lord willing, the hurricane season is over. Uh, we're praying for that, that that is actually the case. Sometimes it extends a little longer than, than typical, uh, but we've sent over 20 truckloads full of food, uh, you know, semi-truckload trailers full of food to uh, the Hurricane Ida uh, victims from our Bloomington Normal location alone this year. So since September 1st, it's been incredibly busy uh, for hurricane relief. Um, these folks some of them are still without power today. And this has happened, you know, what, a couple months ago now um, that people are still struggling, you know, to provide for their family and to find the, the resources that they need. Uh, so hurricane relief, uh, disaster relief is big for us. And uh, we partner with the Salvation Army to make that happen and some other uh, nonprofits. They are the boots on the ground. They have the resources to know where food is needed and to get it distributed to the right people. Uh, we're in the business of building food boxes and getting it ready for them. So it's a great partnership to have. Third, uh, our program to feed the kids on the weekends, similar to the snack pack program. Um, what is beautiful, we were just talking, uh, Chris and I, during our, our break here, is that uh, the snack pack program, you guys have a fantastic uh, relationship here in the, in the community to be able to provide the foods that you need. There are other school districts outside of the Metamora and Germantown Hills area uh, that don't have those resources. So we're helping with a, a type of a snack pack program in other schools over the weekend. So that's kept us very busy. This school year has been traumatic for a lot of families and a lot of families without work or in unique situations where they have not had to provide or had to uh, rely on those types of resources before. And then last but not least, our tender mercies meals, uh, building the beans, the rice, the textured vegetable protein meals. We're putting those into our hope packs on the weekends for kids. We're, uh, you know, serving those to, to people in need uh, to make sure that people have high protein, uh, a good nutritious meal that can be made at very inexpensive cost, 20 cents a serving to get it out to people, uh, you know, who really need it with 13 plus grams of protein and other vitamins and nutrients uh, enriched in that formula. Very good. Did you tell us already how many truckloads of food go out of your facility on a weekly yeah, basis? out of Bloomington Normal, maybe anywhere from 10 to 16 a month. And so we're talking semi-truckload trailers. Yep. Uh, you know, we uh, are constantly distributing food in, in various ways, um, but it takes the, the semi-trucks and the, the box trucks to collect that food, too. So food coming in, food going out, all hours of the day, all days of the week. Very good. Do you have any major hurdle that you're currently working through that's yeah, I would say, you know, getting back up to our, our uh, level of volunteers that, that we need. Obviously, it takes a lot to make the work happen. And so I know we'll talk about volunteer opportunities here in a minute, but um, volunteers are always nece a necessity at all of our locations. Um, in addition, the financial resources, you know, really, um, it takes us uh, about a dollar to provide about $30 worth of food to those in need. Um, so over 99.3 cents of every dollar given to Midwest Food Bank is going straight back into programs 
programming, which is amazing to see nowadays in, in uh, the nonprofit world. Uh, but providing and continuing to provide for people in need is really the key. And, and financial resources allow us to purchase fuel to send our trucks out to pick up these loads of donated food from large manufacturers. It allows us to continue to maintain our fleet of trucks uh, to make that happen. So uh, that's really our prayer going forward. And uh, we're moving into the, the November, December timeframe here. We have a really big emphasis on Thanksgiving in the United States, in case you haven't noticed. A lot of things about food uh, come into play when it comes to Thanksgiving. This is a really big season. Uh, for the food bank. And so, you know, the, the prayer that our staff of four, I have four people at our Bloomington Normal location, and that our 10,000 volunteers, uh, you know, can get the work done that's needed to be done to provide for people in need. Very good. Kristen, do you have any major hurdles that you're working through right now with Snackpack? So our major hurdle right now is just food availability. Um, we have a pretty specific list of items that we place in the sacks each month. And with supply chain demands and holes in different areas, we have had a hard time getting a lot of the items that we use. And so a couple months ago, it was juice. Um, we used Juicy Juice because it's 100% juice, and they were not packing. So we didn't have that. Um, it's been pudding. It's been mac and cheese. It's been a variety of different things. And so there's a lot of substituting happening to try to fill in the gaps where we can't get what we want um, or what we need. We order through SAMS and um, IGA, and we get things at Aldi. And so items that we could typically get at SAMS, we may have had to order through IGA at a time that they were able to get something for us that SAMS wasn't. Um, but in the end, we've always been able to fill the sacks for the kids. So it's been neat to see that come together. Very good. Dr. Lee, I'm going to have a question for you in just a minute. So <laughs> you sit tight. Uh, I've always wanted to say that to a superintendent before. <laughs> Um, tell us what we can do to volunteer. If there's someone out here who wants to volunteer uh, beyond their giving, you know, some, some people definitely want to be involved. What can they do to show up and to be a part of what you're doing? Jenny. Um, well, I would just invite you to talk with us and come and see what we do um, before we're not going to make you commit right away. Um, we have opportunities, whether you can give us one night a month or one night a week. Um, we have people who hang out with kids after school and play pool and ping pong and video games. Um, and we need all skills and um, abilities because they ask me to play video games and quickly learned that that was a bad idea. Um, and they get very frustrated when I ruin the game. Um, <laughs> We have uh, small group leaders that really pour into a small group of kids, and um, that's a, a more long-term um, building a relationship. Um, we also need people that are just around students, coaches, team parents, who can intentionally be on mission to invest in students' lives, and we walk through that with you um, and help you out. So. A lot of range of commitment levels and abilities and we also have people that are like I don't really want to work with students but I want to help you and we have things um, we provide meals for kids um, helping around our building driving um, so we have something for everybody if you love students and love Jesus very good Tara what can uh, someone do to volunteer 
We can use folks that can come and pack food and can distribute food. Uh, we have two-hour service projects of, of breaking down food and putting it into smaller quantities. A lot of the food that we get comes in bulk and huge shipments. Um, so all of our locations do projects like that. We call them community service projects. Uh, those are usually either daytime, nighttime, uh, on Saturdays, for example. A lot of opportunities there. You can sign up your small group or your, your work group uh, to come and do one of those. Just contact us and let us know you're interested. Uh, we have a, a app called Golden. Uh, Golden is a national volunteering app for many organizations, but you can simply download the Golden app to your phone and find volunteer opportunities and all of the Midwest Food Bank ones for Central Illinois are listed there. Uh, but we also have distribution where we're actually loading the boxes that are going to go into the food uh, pantry vehicles uh, onto carts and into their vehicles and packing those up. Uh, that obviously requires a little bit of lifting, and those are daytime hours. Um, and then and above and beyond that, we're always looking for folks with very special skills. Uh, truck drivers, A, B, C class, uh, CDL, we need you. The food bank started uh, about 18 years ago on the family farm, and so most of our truck drivers are farmers. So during harvest season, during planting season, we don't have anybody to drive. We need you. Um, so if you're interested in long hauls, short uh, hauls, you know, if you can go around to the grocery stores and help us pick up on a daily basis, or maybe one day a month, Whatever it is, uh, we could really use truck drivers that have that skill and have the time to do it. Uh, but other skilled you know, trades, maybe you're interested in bookkeeping, you've done accounting, uh, you name it, we can find a place for you. So feel free to either look at our website or download the Golden app. Uh, contact us and we'd be happy to get you plugged in. And they don't have to go all the way to Bloomington? Right. No, you can go to Morton, you can go to Peoria, so with those other two locations as well. And, you know, a couple other unique opportunities for folks if you can't go. Uh, we're always looking for certain food items. I've got a list out there at our table of things that we don't get donated from large manufacturers on a regular basis. So that helps us to stretch the budget when we get those from the local community. Um, in addition to that, even writing greeting cards for people going through disaster. We've got some folks that might be shut-ins or can't come in to, you know, work on, on volunteer projects. And we can add those cards in to disaster relief boxes. So it's a great opportunity to even work from home to do something like that. Very good. Uh, so some of you life group members, and we hope that's all of you, but uh, some of you who are plugged into life groups, it's a great way to go as a life group, to go down to one of the, uh, uh, to go to one of the Midwest Food Bank locations. And my life group's done it many times. We go down there and make uh, tender mercies, right? And we have fun serving together. It's great for all ages to do. And uh, you get to see each other in a hairnet, which is always very flattering. <laughs> and just, just been a good time contributing to the needs of other people. So it's really cool. Kristen, how can we volunteer Snack Pack? So one thing that I think is really cool about Snack Pack is that it is such a community um, organization. And we do rely 100% on our community to provide volunteer hours, finances, food, everything. Um, we have Snyder Village packs our St. Mary's bags for us, and so we provide the food for that. And we've got a class at the high school that helps us out with stickers, and um, Willow Hill United Methodist Church, they smack, smack, sorry, pack the snack packs for Germantown Hills. So huge community involvement. Um, Great Oaks allows us to, to pack here, and so typically the first Monday of the month or last Monday, it kind of depends on how things fall, we meet here at 8.30 in the morning. We always need volunteers then um, to set up the food and count it out and have it prepared for our next group of volunteers, which come in the evening at 7. And they are the ones who put the food into the bags 
and get those situated into our totes and often our delivery drivers for the various schools will come that evening and we can help them load that up. Um, we always need volunteers at the schools to deliver those bags at each of the individual schools. Um, if you're looking to donate financially or with food, we have a very specific list of food that we use just so we can keep things consistent for the kids. Um, if you come see me at my table out in the lobby, I have a little brochure that can tell you what foods we use to pack. Um, also financial donations, if that's something you would like to do, that allows us to shop around and find the cheapest prices on things. We try to do that to use the resources to the best of our ability and really kind of fill in the gap in the best way we can. Very good. Dr. Lee. So we truly love and appreciate the relationship that we have with our local schools here at Great Oaks Community Church. Uh, we, we, we just enjoy partnering with the school districts in uh, just a, a number of ways. Is, is Metamore Schools still receiving volunteers right now amidst the COVID thing? And, and if someone wants to, to volunteer at the school, what do they need to do? Well, thank you, Dan. And yes, we, we do receive volunteers. If you're willing to come into the school, then we certainly have whether it's substitute uh, teaching opportunities or if you're going to come in and help in the teacher's workroom, uh, those opportunities still exist. If you'd rather do the behind the scenes work, of course, snack packs um, are a great avenue in order to do that. But like I had mentioned, there's so many things that happen behind the scenes. If you wanna come and help out in the parking lot, supervision, traffic control, there's, uh, there's so much that happens behind the curtain in order to operate um, an organization like that. So uh, there's no shortage of uh, volunteers that um, that we would be willing to receive. And that's the great thing you mentioned about the connection uh, between the church and the community is because the church doesn't org uh, doesn't operate within a vacuum. I mean, it's it consists of the the people, and it's a it's a integral part of the community, just like the school. So. Um, likewise, we, we're trying to show students that they are, they are part of something bigger than themselves and to look outside of themselves as, as they learn these skills, um, but how can they impact other people in a positive way as they go about learning. So that's one way that the school then is, is trying to give back to the community as well as the church community is to provide uh, a positive learning environment in, in, in a safe environment as well. So, of course, if you'd like to volunteer, please see Kristen's for as far as the snack packs. And um, you can certainly reach out to me at the school for other specific opportunities. But um, there's always a way uh, for your involvement. And I'll thank you in advance um, for your willingness to do so. There is no shortage of opportunities to serve, right? Uh, whether, it's, whether it's through one of these ministries, there's obviously other ministries out there also in our lobby that you can, that you can check out today. As Christ followers, right, he expects us to, to be serving, to be showing his love, to be declaring his truth. And there are many opportunities to do that. So it, is, it adds meaning, purpose, and joy to your life when you do it. Uh, and so I hope that you all take advantage of some of these opportunities that you have. Let's wrap things up by just taking a prayer request. What kind of prayer request do you have that you want us to be praying for this week? Jenny? Um, for YFC, we need more volunteers, leaders to um, spend time with students. And also 
uh, we had Justin Rao on our staff for five years as our high school director, and he has taken a position in a pastor at a church in Northern Illinois. And so we are um, trusting God to bring forward another man to work with high school students. We've brought Caitlin on. We really saw the benefit of having a man and a woman to reach um, both girls and boys. And so we're praying for that new staff member. I would say uh, for us at Midwest Food Bank, finding, um, of course, more, more volunteers during this COVID transition season, it feels like, uh, continuing to have people that can do the work and continuing to have the finances to do the work. God has done some amazing things. It just feels like, you know, feeding the multitudes with the, the fish and the, the loaves of bread. Sometimes it just multiplies, and we have no idea why. We have no control over that. So continued multiplication of the food uh, is always appreciated. Our team is also going into a big season of course, as I mentioned, with um, Thanksgiving coming up with a, a staff of four, it's tough. It, it's hard to manage, uh, but we could use some prayers for uh, the continued health and, and uh, wellness of our team to continue to do the work. Very good. Kristen? I would say um, prayers for the families who receive these snack packs, that they'd be a blessing to them, and also that we can we can be in these schools finding the the families who need it and creativity for getting it to students who um, at some of the middle school and high school level, it's hard because they, they see it as maybe a negative thing that they need, that they're walking out the door with a bag of food. And so creativity on how to reach those kids in the best way we can and get them the resources they need. And of course, always prayers for volunteer and um, just the resources, the financial needs that we have and that that can continue to come from our generous community. Very good. Dr. Lee, how would you like us to be praying for our, our school? I think every obstacle is an opportunity in disguise. So I guess I would ask for prayers that the, the school leaders, the staff, and would recognize those opportunities and um, just to pray for perseverance in, in this challenging time. And, of course, for the students as well, that they um, would be able to see this as um, an opportunity and of hope that people are that there's a lot of people around them that uh, care about them and are here to, to serve them. Very good. Sometimes we can sit back and think, man, what is God doing? Is God even working in our world? Is he doing anything? And we hear stories about how, about how people are, are serving and loving and about how he is working through them. And so rest assured today, God is at work. He's at work through Great Oaks Community Church. He's at work through his ministries. He is continuing to show his love and his care to his creation, which he died for and has a plan for. And we at Great Oaks get to be a part of that as we partner with our kingdom builders. So thank you very much for, for being up here today. Church, join me in prayer, please, as we close out our time. Father, we are so grateful that you have chosen to to allow us to serve you, our, our Lord, our Savior, our Creator. Thank you for giving us that purpose, that joy in our life. God, I thank you for each one of our Kingdom Builder partners, the way that they are, are truly showing the love and proclaiming the truth of Jesus to the world around them in, in all kinds of ways. Father, God, you've heard these prayer requests that they've offered up today. God, we just want to pray especially for Jenny and for Tara, and for Kristen, and for Dr. Lee, and their, their huge roles of responsibilities that they have as they minister to, 
to uh, people in our community and in our country. God, we pray that you keep them encouraged. May the Holy Spirit, your Holy Spirit, uh, be a source of guidance and strength and encouragement to them. Father God, they all have needs in their ministries in different ways, but you are the God who meets these needs. And we thank you so much that we can trust you. And we look forward to hearing how you continue to work through these ministries. God, we love you. We praise you. We thank you for your goodness to us. In Jesus' name, amen.